thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. So we're continuing on the series now on Wednesday nights. Pastor, not George, Pastor Blake kicked us off last week and talking about the gifts and laid a foundation of that. We're going to begin working through each one of the gifts in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can open that up. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be reading from verses 4 through 11. And uh, this is not an extensive study. This is a general study on each one of the gifts and how they can be manifested in our lives. How do we use them? What are they? Are they scary? Are there snakes involved when you're using the gifts of the Spirit or not? Um, you know, all the fun things that, uh, that people wonder about. Because, you know, it's in the Bible, um, and it's given to us as believers, the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're going to be exploring that. And because I have to say there's a lot of confusion about the gifts of the Spirit. A matter of fact, there's probably a lot of abuse that happens in the name of spiritual gifts. There's lots of um, misconceptions that happen in with when you're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And some people use it for their own gain. And uh, we're not going to do that. We want to use it for the gain of God's kingdom. And we'll talk, though, about how we do benefit from that personally because the gifts are given. But I want to begin reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Looking at verse 4, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. We should have it up there as well. So let's begin. Verse, verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation, verse 7, the manifestation of Spirit is given to each one for the profit of of all. Everyone say prophet of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, but I want to read this just in full context. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing, sorry, distrib yeah, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this is, a, a, Paul is writing to the church in, in Corinthians, and we're going to hear more about that. But as I was looking at this today, I, I wanted to see how Eugene Peterson wrote out 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Eugene Peterson, he wrote the message, and some people, I, there was a lot of misunderstandings about why he wrote it, and some, some people call it New Age. Eugene Peterson was a pastor for 30 years. I, I think he's retired now. And he decided just to, as he's taught the Word of God for 30 years, to go through and write them out in a way that would be a legacy for his, for his family and just write them in a special way, that, what they meant to him. And so they're his paraphrase. It is not the inherent Word of God, but it's a paraphrase of how he wrote out 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 4. And this is what it says. For God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. But they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere. 
but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God Himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, and everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirits and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful, wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. I like that. I really like how he wrote that. It kind of opens it up and, and blossoms this passage in a way. But um, gifts are given to profit the entire church. As we just read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they're given to profit the entire church family. And God's given gifts to us to help serve us, but also to help others through us. It's very important for us to understand. Gifts are just not for, the, for those who are special, those who have, have, have the right last name, or those who have a legacy of, of, of 12 grandpappies who were preachers. None of that matters at all. You have a legacy because you belong to Jesus Christ. There are no grandchildren in God's kingdom. There are only children. So you're a child or you're not. A person who grew up with a with a with a pastor father is not more special than you are. Though sometimes in the church world we like to we like to act that way, and there's nothing wrong with appreciating that. But they're no no more special in God's eyes than you are. And so these are given to serve others through you and to you. But here's the great thing: you are impacted by a gift, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But here's the fun thing: you get the fun of God impacting someone else through you. Now, I don't know if you've ever, God's ever used you in that way, but God's used me in that way. I know many people in the room, God's used that way. It's fun to be on the receiving end of God doing something miraculous in your life and speaking to you, but I'm telling you, it is a blast, God using you to say something to someone else. It's a lot of fun. And here's the great thing about it. It is available for everyone in the kingdom, everyone in the church, just not those who who uh, stand up in front of people and dress funny and act funny, and when they talk, they talk different than what they would if when you met them at a restaurant. I'm talking about pastors and preachers. Maybe I'm even talking about myself. Who knows? So it's, it's, it's for everybody. So it's important, though, to understand as we look at the gifts, and, and just this is a slow, kind of methodical way of understanding this, as we look at the gifts that Scripture dictates completely the definition of the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us what the Holy Spirit is like. Scripture tells us what it looks like manifesting and working in our lives. And so we want to take some time and we, we want to help, ask God to help us understand the workings and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives to us and through us. Everyone say, to us and through us. Now say this, to me and through me. Man, that sounds great. Because imagine a church that God is using me to speak into your life. Into you're sick, I pray for you, God heals you. God uses you to speak and minister into my life. Imagine that. All of us 
are operating in a gift. Now, are all of us going to have these gifts? No, not all of us, but all of us are going to have some type of gifting that God can use. And there are other giftings in the Bible that we're not covering in this particular series. But every person here tonight, everyone that calls himself a Christian, that puts their trust in Jesus, Jesus promises to come and live inside of them by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in us, and the Holy Spirit prom- or Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come and live in us, and we could be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which means this, to, and be continually filled with the presence of God. To be filled with the presence of God, it's not, a, it's not like you walk into a Coke machine and you, you get a Coke and you think, well, then that's it. And you have to drink from that the rest of your life. That is not how the Holy Spirit works in us. It's not a one-time event. There is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about um, in two weeks from now. But there is a continual filling of the Holy Spirit that's available to us through God. And that's important for us to know. It's important that in, in a new season of your life, and all of a sudden you feel like you're being stretched, that there is the grace that is available to you for God to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish a new task in your life, to bring you to a new level of understanding. In other words, you won't be done growing until you hop into the grave. You're not going to be done being, being filled with the Holy Spirit until you die. And, and then you won't need it anymore because you'll be with Jesus. And so we have a whole life ahead of us of growing and becoming everything that God has for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by your clever knowledge, not, not by who you are, but by who He is working in us and through us. So as a resident in our lives who lives in us, all of His character and all of His attributes are available to us and available to one another through us. Hope you un- I hope, hope caught that for a second. As a, as a resident, as Jesus has promised the Holy Spirit, He ascended and He promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, which is just as in, just the same as the Father, Son, and the Holy Father and Son. The Holy Spirit comes and He is a resident in our lives. He has, He lives there. He's got a key. He can come and go as He please, but He de- never leaves. He only comes. <laughs> And so he's with us all the time. As a resident in us, that means his attributes and who he is, it becomes a part of us. The characteristics of him become a part of us. And these gifts are the characteristics and some of the attributes of who he is. So God knows, if you look at this room, God knows what the needs of this room are. He knows what every one of your needs is. Now remember, the gifts are given for the profit of all. In other words, they're given to meet our needs. And this great? He's given to meet your needs. So whatever it is you need, it's found in the person of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God knows every need in this room. And I'm convinced with all of my heart that God wants to meet those needs. That God wants to meet you right where you're at. Wants to meet me right where I'm at. And He wants to bring guidance and he wants to bring direction. If you're at a, you're a crossroad in your life and you think, I don't know what to do, he wants to be the one to show you what to do. He wants us to know for ourselves who he is and what he is like. And we're going to spend our whole life understanding that on this earth 
And then in heaven, many people think, what do you think heaven's going to be like? I, I, we're going to spend eternity understanding this incredible, amazing God. Eternity, like forever. We're never going to wake up one day and be like, I got it. I figured you all out, God. We're never going to get there. Because he is, he, is, he is forever. He is eternal. And so God will, wants to do that even here. So he will mostly reveal himself. This is very important. And give us guidance to us through what he has already said to us through his son, Jesus Christ. I, I want you to hear that. He will mostly give us guidance and reveal who he is through his son, Jesus Christ. And he will most often ask us to go back to a daily, regular reading of the Bible where he guides us and he shows us his will every day. That's very important. Because who Jesus is was a perfect representation of who the Father is. If we want to know if, if God really wants to meet our needs, ask the question, did Jesus want to meet our needs? If the answer is yes, then yes, God wants to meet your needs. And so he, he speaks to us, though, through the Word of God and our daily understanding of the Word. But the Holy Spirit wants also to speak to us through these gifts, especially in a time when we meet together, a time when we gather here, a time when we have church on the weekends and we have church here. He, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's really important to understand the scripture, wherever two or three are gathered, he is there in your midst. It's very important to understand that. What does that mean? It means he wants to meet your needs. He wants, to, he wants to bless you. He wants, to, he, he wants you to open your heart so that He can speak to you. He can deposit something into you. And when we gather, we begin to see the activation of these gifts. So God wants to speak through us and to us. But often when we gather, we don't give Him the time to do it. Often when we gather, we don't wait. Because we're Americans and we don't like silence for one. When's the last time you got in your car and you just didn't turn anything on? When's the last time you, you went home and, uh, and, and you didn't turn the TV on and you sat in silence? Listen, I, I'm challenging me. When's the last time I did that? And you're like, Jason, you're a pastor. You get paid to sit in silence and think. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the case. You have to be disciplined at it. Just like when we gather, sometimes we don't give God the chance to speak to us. Now, His Word should always be proclaimed and preached when we meet. It is how the gospel, it's how God has limited the furthering of His kingdom through the preaching of His Word. It's what, what the Scripture says. But how many times in the midst of preaching do we also let Him speak to us? Oftentimes, I believe God wants to speak through you and through me, but we're scared. Because for one, we don't want to look foolish. We think, we think I, I don't know if this is right. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be accurate, but sometimes we miss out. And plus, we think, well, I, I don't know what other people's needs are. I don't know what other people are praying for. I, I, I don't know. But something you need to understand how the gifts of the Holy Spirit work is that God knows the needs of other people. He knows so the Holy Spirit wants to move in our midst. He wants to speak to us in a fresh new way. He wants to get a, put a hunger in us that we've never had before. And He wants to move, but He 
has primarily subjected himself to moving through us. Which means our willingness to be a conduit is a factor. I know that's a little scary. You think, what do you mean? It means this. If God tells me to tell you, Marcia, something, and I don't, you did not hear what God told me to tell you. Now, will God bring it another way about with you? He might. But he subjected himself to me being willing to be a vessel. To me, that blows my mind. Why would God do that? Because he wants to invite us closer. He wants to invite us into the journey, into the adventure of walking with him. The Holy Spirit is available to us. And so, so to make that happen, to make the giftings operate in our midst, and to make himself known in our midst, he's given manifestations, what's called manifestations, of his presence and power that we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not weird. It's not strange. They are gifts, which means they're always good. I've never received a bad gift. Now, I might have bought my wife a couple bad gifts. <laughs> but when God gives gifts, they're always good. They're always exactly what we need. Always. And they're what we want. So to think somehow the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, are bad or negative or are not for this time. Listen, this book was written to the New Testament church. Paul was saying these gifts are for you. They are still for today. They, they're just not for something back. So anyway, so I, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail because I just got a little bit I have to cover here. So, but the gifts are, are for three things. And, I, and then we're going to get into wisdom and knowledge for three things. They're for the building up of God's people. That's why they exist. They're for the building up, exhorting us, encouraging us, letting, letting us know God is with us. They're for the demonstration of God's presence, which means when the gifts are in operation, there's a tangible sense God is here. He is here. And thirdly, they're for the extending of God's kingdom. And, many, and God's kingdom is extended through the proclamation of the gospel. There is a, a presence. When someone preaches the word of God, I'm t when I preach the word of God, I have a sense of God in my life like I, that I, I have it when I preach that I don't have it when I do anything else. So for one, that makes me want to preach a lot. And that might be why I go a little long, because I'm selfish, because I like the way I feel God's presence sometimes. But the preaching of God's Word extends God's kingdom. The manifestation of His presence extends God's kingdom. For the manifestation of the gifts operating through you extends God's presence. So this is to happen every time we gather. It's to happen every time we are together. It's not, it's not a special time. Ooh, that was really special. It's always available to us, and it's to happen every time. It, it will be different every time, but it's something is to happen every time we gather. So it's to remember this, that the gifts, no gifts are more important than others because they're all part of the same spirit. A lot of people that operate in certain gifts think theirs is the most important. Well, for one, you're human. That's why you think that. But God, who is not human, says, no, I'm sorry. That's not the case. 
And so the, chap- the chapter we just read gives us great encouragement that all of us have something to contribute to a meeting like this. All of us have something to contribute to the church. You may say, be saying, Jason, I have nothing to contribute. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is new to me. I'm not that important. Well, listen, you're wrong. God wants to make His power and His presence evident through your life. So, let's look at the gift called wisdom and the gift called knowledge tonight. Um, this is not, again, it's not an extensive one, but it's, this is to help whet our ap- appetite for the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to be looking at wisdom first. Wisdom, just for you to understand, it's just not preaching. It's just not the proclamation of the Word of God, though it does include that. It isn't just being able to be wise, although it does include that as well. It's not, it's not a natural ability to have wisdom, though. It is beyond that. It is more than that. This gift is to speak to us in a direct way in the middle of a situation, specifically with God's intent with God's direction, and with God's will. He speaks to us. There's a word of wisdom. It's outside of what we know. It's outside of of how we understand God. It is a word of wisdom. It's something that happens, and we think, that's not from me. That is from God. It it drops in us. It's, It's... it's understanding where wisdom comes from as well. Paul, when he is writing this, this chapter, he's writing to a church in Corinth, the Corinthians. They needed this instruction. It's interesting, this is the only place in the Bible where it talks about the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge, actually. But he's writing to the Corinthians, and when I was looking into this, it was really fascinating. They were an arrogant church. Maybe they were an American church. I don't know. But they were an arrogant church. They were an arrogant church. They thought they had the corner on the market of knowledge. They thought they had a corner on the market of understanding. They even set up tiers of like ultra-spiritual, kind of spiritual, pseudo-spiritual, and those who aren't spiritual at all. And they thought they knew. They knew everything about everything. And so Paul was writing to them and, and actually challenging them to, to, to talk to them about wisdom and knowledge. Now, to totally understand this, let me encourage you, this week, uh, maybe tonight or tomorrow, you need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2. You'll understand fully why Paul is writing to them about wisdom and knowledge. It will give you a good context of what he's talking about. But they believed they were ultra-wise. They believed they had special understanding of wisdom. And Paul brought them back to one place. As you read chapter 1 and chapter 2. He brought them back to one place. He said that true wisdom flows from the knowledge, first and foremost, of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's where true wisdom and knowledge flows from. And he, and he challenges them. And he, he's very, he's, you know, I, I greet you, Paul, in the name of, you know, in much grace and much all this. But you're wrong. And he begins, to re, he begins to turn their eyes from themselves and how important they are and put their eyes, actually, you'll never really understand wisdom until you understand what Jesus did on the cross. That Christ, and he, and he clarifies, Christ is the fullness of power and the wisdom of God and that Christ wants to be the center of your world. 
wants to be the center of your thoughts, wants to be the center of your decisions. God wanted them to know, and Paul wanted them to know, and for us to know, that he has the ability to speak directly to us and to them, to guide them in their specific situation through the reality of Jesus Christ first and foremost. Any, any wisdom outside of the reality of Jesus Christ will not be supernatural. It will be natural. And so Paul wanted to make sure, listen, you aren't as special as you think you are, but you are special because Jesus died for you. And because Jesus died for you, look to him. You will find all wisdom and all knowledge and understanding of who God is in the person of Jesus Christ. So that has to be our first, our first and foremost, the foundation of what we do. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. Because we all have needs, and we'll never meet them unless we first come to those needs with the understanding that Jesus can meet them. So I wonder how many here need God to help direct you. I wonder, I wonder how many here need God to say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm at a place I need wisdom. I'd say there's probably a lot of us here. You're facing a situation, you need wisdom. You've tried to work it out yourself. You've tried to come to the place of understanding, and you just can't do it, and you need some direction. And this is what wisdom, the gift of wisdom, is about. God is available to do this for us, to give us wisdom. Jesus also used this gift of wisdom in calling the disciples, in calling Nathaniel. And we don't have time to go into it. When he called Nathaniel to come and follow him, he used wisdom. He spoke something that was, in, that was incredible. He, he did this to call Andrew. He did this to call Peter. Wisdom is what pastors need. Wisdom is what the prayer team needs. Wisdom is what fathers need, is what uh, wives need and mothers need. It's what we all need. We need wisdom. If you're raising children, you need wisdom. And my friends, what, I, I know we all realize it, but we do not hold the wisdom that's necessary to raise or to love or to be friends or to face situations. We don't hold that information ourselves. We need supernatural wisdom. And it's available to us. God has spoken to me in several situations that I didn't have the wisdom to navigate certain situations. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the knowledge. As a matter of fact, one, I was facing a situation with an individual, and I did not know how to go forward with it. I didn't know. And I was coming up short. You know, have you ever done that? You, 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 run your, you run the scenario in your head, and you do this, and you have the conversation in your head, and you come to the end, and you still come up short, and you go, oh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what the solution is. How do I, how do I approach that in wisdom? I, literally, in the middle of the night, God woke me up, and he just told me what to do. And I was like, oh, finally, I know what to do now. <laughs> but it was wisdom. It was the gift of wisdom. He gave me the gift of wisdom. He gave me the information that was wise in the situation that was beyond me. God gave me direction in a particular situation. So this is the gift of wisdom. It's beyond our ability to come up with the right answer. And it's available to us. So I know that is a very generic understanding of wisdom, and it goes further than that. But I want to take some time and look at the gift of knowledge. Messages of knowledge speak into our lives without prior information. We don't know the background. 
We don't know the facts. We don't know the details. We don't know the situations that we're facing. It is knowledge outside of our knowledge. Man, I'll take some of that. But it's for the good of others, remember. Just like the gift of wisdom, is God, if God uses that, it's, it can be for the good of you in a situation. But you could be talking with someone who's facing a situation, and God gives you a thought that helps clarify where they need to go. That is the gift of wisdom. And they can also speak that into your life. It's available. It's in Scripture. Gift of knowledge is, is, is when we don't know anything about the situation, and God reveals something to us. We see this in Acts chapter 5. We see the gift of knowledge happening. Ananias and Sapphira, they had lied to the church. They lied to the church about their wealth, about the purpose of their money. Uh, and, and Peter confronts them, and he says, you've lied to God and the church. And this is what happened. He didn't know anything about it. They showed up at a church meeting, and he knew exactly. God showed him everything. And so he said, this, you lied about it. You did this. You did that. And they died. I'm not saying no one's going to die today when the gift of knowledge is used. But it happened. That was one way. That was a word of knowledge. He had information about something that he did not know about at all. He wasn't there. It happens in Acts 9 when God tells uh, a man named Ananias to go to a street named Straight. It's fascinating. You need to read this. There's a man called Saul. And this man has lost his eyesight. By Jesus and and Jesus kind of arrested him on the side of the side of the road made him go blind and said Saul Saul why do you persecute me and then he began to minister to Saul's life but he told Ananias go to straight street there's a man named there named Saul who's blind go lay your hands on him and he's gonna receive his sight okay so it's like it's like you know you're you're, you're just praying or you're just driving and God says go to Starbucks there's going to be a gal there named Judy um, her her arm is broken lay your hand on it and pray for her and she'll be healed that's a word of knowledge and you'd be like that's not God no way <laughs> and then he says this tell Saul that he's a chosen vessel of mine and then he's going to preach my name among the Gentiles. Now, it's interesting enough um, that my name would have been Jesus. Ananias knew that, that Saul was persecuting those who were proclaiming the name. I mean, this is pretty scary. That's like God telling you to go to a jihadist Muslim and tell them that Jesus has a purpose for their life and they're going to preach Jesus all over the world. You cool with that? But it was a word of knowledge. It was outside of his information, and God invited him to do something. It's a direct word out of no prior knowledge that brings guidance. Something to understand about the gifts of the Spirit is that every time you use them, every time you receive the benefit from them, it takes something. Not, not takes something, it takes something from you. It's called faith. You have to exercise faith every time faith is something you don't fully see you don't fully grasp but deep down inside you know that it's real and so anytime you use the gift of 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 any of these gifts of wisdom or knowledge you have to trust this is god and i'm gonna i'm gonna lean into it i'm gonna let god speak to me about it we also see jesus using the gift of knowledge with the samaritan woman at the well in john chapter 4 
Jesus asked, where's your husband? She said, I don't have one. Jesus says, you're right. You've also lived with five other men, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. And her eyes got big. And that was the word of knowledge. And it, and it spoke to her. It gave, Jesus had information and knowledge about her life that there was no way that he could have known about it. I love this gift of, of knowledge. I love it because God has used it in my life, and he's used it through my life. In the, actually, in the very beginning of uh, when I was in ministry, I was 21 years old. I, was, uh, I went with the ministry team to Ireland. I'm telling you I, this because this kind of rocked my world. This set the, the tone of my ministry. I, I really believe it, it did. We were in Ireland with the ministry team, and we were at a church. I don't know exactly where it was, um, and I was, we were there with a, a drama ministry team, and we did the preaching and drama and did music and all of that. And I was doing the music up front, and I was leading worship. And in the middle of a song, God spoke to me. As, it was like, it's like God just gave me a picture immediately of what was happening. And, and I knew, and it was, it, was a teen, it was a teenager, it was a high school type of, of service. And I knew, and God said, there is a young lady here. Who's been, taken, who's been taken advantage of by a man. And I want you to tell her that it's not her fault. And I want to heal her. And I want to show her my love. Now, I'm, I'm singing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. <laughs> and, and, and I get this. And I don't know what to do with it. And I know it's God. So I stopped the song. And I said, I, I feel like God has told me this. And I told him what I just said. And this young, young girl begins to weep. Probably 16 years old. She just begins to weep. And our team saw that, and so they began to minister to her. And she wept, and she wept, and she wept. And so we had to move on with our Drama, presentation, everything we do. And she wept through the whole thing. And afterwards, she came up. She came up to my wife, Cheryl, and my wife prayed for her. And this girl's face was beaming with joy. And she couldn't stop weeping. And I'll never forget, she came to me, and, and I mean, that's just, it's a simple word, but it required one, it required faith. But that gift was to meet her needs. And she said, I believe that God brought you all the way to Ireland for me. And their par her parents came in. And so she had, she had, what had happened? She had been raped and she'd been suffering with deep depression. And she was blaming herself as a lot of times that happens. And God set her free from the chains of that sin done against her. He set her free all through a word of knowledge. It's powerful. Words of knowledge do something to the soul of an individual. For one, it tells him that God knows everything about your life and he cares for you. You're not alone. He knows you completely. He knows the secrets of your heart. He knows where you are. I often pray, I said, Lord, get, show me the mysteries of people's hearts. Not for me, so that you know that God knows the mysteries of your heart. The deep 
secrets, the, the things that no one else knows about. I pray that God would reveal them to me, that, that out of his mercy it would be spoken to you and you could have the confidence that God knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. It does something. I've had the word of knowledge spoken to me before about something in my life. And every time, I, I weep like a little baby because it reminds me that my Father knows everything about me. And He loved me enough to tell somebody to tell me that. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. These gifts are for us today. They're for our church. They're for you. And they're to be used in our midst. And I want God to begin to do that in our church. I actually watched a, um, an old film of a guy named uh, William Brannan. I don't know if you guys have ever seen William Brandon. I'm sure some of you are familiar with William Brandon. He was an old evangelist. And he operated in this gift of words of knowledge. It was freaky. I mean, it was unbelievable. And these people who came up, um, they would be sick. And they would walk up to be prayed for by him. And some things in his life went a little strange at the end of his ministry. But I, I've seen, I saw, I have actually seen videos of this. And he walked up, and, and he was very calm. And this woman walked up, he said, uh, now not everyone, but this particular woman, he said, your name's Car Carolyn. She's like, yes. And this is before that he could not have an earpiece in. That didn't exist back then. This was, this was all the Holy Spirit. And he said, you just got a report back from the doctor about something, about cancer. She said, yes. And he said, Carolyn, you live at 6402 West 42nd Street, don't you? She said, yes, I do. She said, you sat on the corner of your bed and your room, and you cried out to God. And she said, yes, and she wept, and she weeped, and she was weeping, and it was beautiful. And he said, Carolyn, be healed in Jesus' name, and she was healed. It was the word of knowledge that said, Carolyn, I know everything about you, and I love you. This is the word of knowledge in operation. And I wonder if you believe that God can do that through you. I believe God wants to raise their level of faith that says, you know what, God? You can do that through me. I, I want God to do that. I want each one of you. I, I, I want each one of you to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God has a power through the Holy Spirit, to speak guidance and direction into people's lives. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. Now, we need to be careful when this gift is used because you don't build your life on what someone else has said. The words and what is done out of the gifts of the Spirit never contradict Scripture. And many times, it's something God has already began to speak in your life. But the Scripture is clear. You're to test you're to test things that are spoken to you or words of knowledge spoken to you. You're to test it with God's Word. You're to test it with others in your life. You're to test it with the leaders in your church, the pastors, or another leader you look up to. And many times it's something God has put on your heart, and so it's a confirmation of that. If you think God has spoken to you about something, test it. Test it with the Word. Test it with God's nature. 
I was at a Promise Keepers event of all places, actually. And that's when I was doing, I was a part of ministry there with Promise Keepers. And one of the volunteers was in the back, and, and he was talking with me, and he was telling me how God was doing great things in his life. And I said, oh, that's great. And, um, and he said, you know, I, God really has just broken through my life. I said, really, what, what was that? He said, well, I finally got peace in my life. I said, well, what was that? He said, God told me to leave my wife. And I'm not, I'm not joking you. So God told you to leave your wife. Yep, God told me to leave my wife. And I had such peace. And I said, brother, that wasn't God. And he got offended. He said, what do you mean it's not God? I said, Scripture is very clear that you are not to divorce. That even, even, even if your wife was an unbeliever, you were to remain faithful to her and serve her so that by doing so that she could come to the knowledge of Christ. And I said, I said, I'm sorry, you're in sin. He said, but God told me. And I said, again, that wasn't God. So you test these things with the Word of God. This is, God. My friends, this is what we test things with. We don't test it with our emotions. We don't test it how we feel. We don't test it with, with people's thoughts. We test it with God's Word and that God confirms that as we walk on the journey we also need to avoid shortcuts and let me explain what i mean by that in other words you know what i don't need to pray i don't need to read the bible i don't need to consider what god has already done in my life i just need a word from him so when i need a word from him every time i just say hey god just can you tell me what to do that's not the way either God wants to speak to us in a continual, consistent relationship every day, every moment we walk with Him. And He's with us, and He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through our, our leaders. He speaks to us through the, the people that we serve with. And many of us tonight, we need wisdom. Many of us tonight are facing situations that we don't have the answers to. Many of us here tonight, we lack knowledge. And the only place we can get it is in God. The only place. My friends, that's not a bad situation to be in. When God is your only situation, I think you're going to be all right. James says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. A God who gives it all liberally, generously. And so I don't know where you're at tonight. I want to I take a few minutes that God will speak to us. Pastor Rod, would you mind coming forward? Just, just giving us a moment here. Because when you're speaking on the gifts of the Spirit, I want to give Him time to speak to us. I want to give him time maybe to stir a gift inside of you that maybe God's been prompting you. Maybe when you're at church or when you're with, with other believers that you, you begin to think, you know what, I feel like I need to say this, but I don't know if that's God. And maybe God begins to show you something of, of something is going to happen and then it happens. You think, well, that was weird. It's God stirring these gifts. And these gifts are available to us. They're available to you. 
You need to know that God knows everything about your life. And others need to know that God knows everything about their life. Listen, we have an advantage on the world because we have the mind of Christ. We have an advantage of the world because we have knowledge that they don't have knowledge of, but our God does. We have an advantage on the world and on our relationships with one another when we face, when we come to an impasse. Lord, give us wisdom in our marriage. What do we need to do? God, give us wisdom. How do, we, how, how do I deal with my teenager who just is, is just being a knucklehead? That's a biblical word, by the way, knucklehead. God, what do I, I, I don't know what to do. It is the gift of knowledge. It's available to us. And it's by faith we walk in that. Many times, sometimes when I'm, when I'm preaching or particularly during worship, it seems to happen during worship, God shows me a picture of someone in a congregation. And sometimes it's a marriage that's on, on the rock. Sometimes it's an individual struggling with an addiction. Sometimes, whatever. I, 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 sometimes. And I can either keep that to myself and say, what if I'm wrong? Or I can step out in faith and say, what if I'm right? What if this is right? And God wants us to live on that edge that gives us an adventure, that gives us a sense of he is alive, he is well, that he wants to speak to us. And it's in the Bible. It's not made up by Pentecostals. It is in the Bible. And it's for you. It's for us. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.